Welcome to the Launch Your Live podcast, a show dedicated to providing you with daily, top-level, live video tips, tricks, and strategies to not only help you start, but also excel at live streaming. Here are your hosts, Christian Karashevitz and Jim Fuse. Welcome, everyone, to Launch Your Live, the podcast. This is episode 26 with myself and Jim Fuse. But, you know, we have a big question for you. So, if you're somebody who struggles to get live viewers on your social media platforms without an audience, it can be both frustrating and demoralizing. So, maybe it's time to consider other places to find and engage with your audience. On episode 26, Jim and I are going to sit down with Dylan Schenholzer, who's the Director of Business Development at ViewStub, to learn how ViewStub can help you monetize your live videos and grow your audience off of your social media platforms, such as Facebook, LinkedIn Live, YouTube Live. Jim, great having you back for yet another podcast episode. Yeah. So, so do you no, have this is more exciting. To, yeah, yeah this, is, this is good stuff. I mean, I think people... People struggle with, you know, hey, I go live every week. I don't get anybody to watch my show. And then, of course, how many times do we hear the question, well, how do I monetize this? Because in the big scheme of things, if you're doing this stuff week in and week out, I don't think, I mean, there's a few people, right? I won't say it's everybody, but Mm -hmm. people are doing this because they're looking for this to move the needle on their business. Right. And whether it's events, whether it's interviews, you're hoping it's going to take you somewhere with your business. But what happens, too, is we got to remember that all these platforms were on rented land. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really powerful that a company like ViewStub, especially, you know, they've had to shift with everything that's gone on in this crazy world we're currently in at the time of this recording. But they have now brought something to light that is really helping a lot of businesses grow in a way they maybe never thought of before. So let's bring on Dylan and find out his story. So welcome, Dylan. Thanks for joining us for episode 26 of Launch Your Live podcast. What's up, fellas? How are you? Good to see you, Dylan. I'm excited. Anytime I get to talk about monetizing anything online, offline, anything monetizing, I'm happy. That, that sounds like a business development guy for sure. <laughs> so so now, now, Dylan, so you're actually in, I, I think we talked before, you're actually in the Richmond, Virginia area, correct? Correct. Yep. That's home yep. base. And I have yeah. not been able to leave this year. Uh, significantly <laughs> less travel than used to, I'm used to. Right. So, so, Dylan, how did you end up getting in this position you're in now with ViewStub? And, and maybe tell us a little bit of how ViewStub has evolved during these last few months. Because I'm sure eight months ago, you guys probably weren't thinking to be doing some of these things. But then again, maybe I'm wrong. And the crystal ball would say that you knew that this was coming. Maybe. We did see some trends. Uh, well, first and foremost, yeah, my name is Dylan. I, uh, I've i been in the event space for eight plus years. I actually own an event management company outside of what I do with ViewStub. So I get to help clients produce uh, small scale, large scale conferences, festivals, concerts, everything in between. And so um, actually, long story short is I actually was researching for clients on how I could add in a virtual component or a pay-per-view solution to our live events. And just happened to come across ViewStub on an, they were sponsoring an event last year. So I actually reached out to the company, 
And one of the founders called me up uh, directly and I noticed that we shared the same area code and I picked it up. I said, hey, where are you from? He goes, Chesapeake, Virginia. I said, I'm from like 20 minutes down there. This must be meant to be. Um, so I came on and started using it for my clients. We were able to add in a pay-per-view solution to live events. And then when COVID hit, um, I, being in the live event space, I also own an event venue out in Dallas, Texas. So when COVID hit, obviously the world got a little weird for someone like me who can't do live events anywhere in the world. So I called uh, called my buddy up and said, hey, are you busy? And he goes, more than ever. Uh, and I was like, cool, I'll be at work tomorrow. And uh, so it's, for the last five or six months, I've been able to come on. And we've really, yeah, like you said, we really had to make some changes in general because ViewStub uh, at its core was a hybrid event solution. So we were live streaming live events, basically. And so obviously you need live events to live stream to go down mm -hmm. that business path. And so during COVID, we pivoted a little bit to go a little bit more virtually functionable as well as keep okay. our hybrid components. And so, yeah, it's been fun. I've, we've been able to help a lot of people during this time when it's most needed, uh, be able to keep their offline events uh, online, pivot to virtually, still make that revenue, still earn income even during these these little bit weird times. So, Kristen, you want to you want to start out with the first question, or uh, actually, I'm gonna let you take that one. Okay. So, so Dylan, we we talked earlier at, right before we brought you on. So, people are having to figure out how do I live stream when, when I'm not on a social platform, or why am I having such a struggle? How has ViewStub, in a sense, changing the game for these people that are struggling? And what do you what do you see as some of those things that people need to think about? when they are live streaming and going that way? Yeah, I mean, I think the live streaming on social media has always been very popular. Um, I've for years been a fan of Facebook Lives, Instagram Lives in general. Live streaming in general creates an environment for real-time engagement, which is why I love events, right? The engagement that happens at them. And live streaming from an online perspective is the closest thing you can kind of get to um, real life, uh, real t or in real time engagement. So I've always been a big fan of it. And so now when I've noticed right now, social media is, as you guys probably noticed, very, very uh, inundated and saturated with everyone live streaming and things like that. So it's very mm -hmm. easy for content to get missed or overlooked on online right now. Um, so I've, I've been a big fan of pushing people off of online. There's a time to do free content on social media, but then there's also a time to drive that traffic to a more exclusive room or exclusive access or off of uh, social media in general. I've, I've often found that, you know, doing, doing virtual events or live streams and interviews and talk shows and things like that on social media, just it's very easy to get distracted online. So all of a sudden I notice people aren't consuming my content and, uh, I'm probably like you guys. I don't put out content for people not to watch. So <laughs> um, the, the less distractions, the better. And I've just found if I can do that in alternative ways, that I, you know, I have a little bit more success with it, especially if you come in to monetize because we all know you can't monetize your social media as easily. Yeah, and, and that's the big thing. A lot of people, you know, they think that they're just going to post something on their social media channels and they're, they're going to get people to tune in. And, you know, it's that this this like, you know, silver bullet that's going to do everything for them and it's very hard and you know at the beginning i said you know hey maybe you do need to look elsewhere because using just social media channels for example and you don't have that audience 
it can like it's already a very uphill battle being an entrepreneur, for example. And now you tackle on, hey, I'm going to use you know social media, but you don't have that audience or that community. And you're doing the work, but just doing the work is not going to move the needle. You have to go beyond that. You know, that's something we want to make sure we talk to you today about, you know, as far as how ViewStub can actually help with that. So, Jim, do you have another question for Dylan? Yeah, D- Dylan. So you you hit on a little bit, but let's dig into this a little deeper. How can say someone like myself monetize my live stream if I'm not on a social platform? And I use something like ViewStub. And also, I know we talked a little bit earlier before we came on here. Give us some of the the things that I can do here that I can't do, say, on a social platform. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think first and foremost, it's one doing things online or social media is is great. I think, but it does not allow you to monetize it in an easy easy fashion. Um, I've often looked at social media in a marketing standpoint as like a very good lead source and where you build the following and the audience and get people to consume your free content. But then if you want to make a living out of this and make money, then you eventually have to make money. And so the best way that I've seen to do that is especially for someone in like your two shoes where you're live streaming, put out content. You put out, you know, some content online, but then drive that to your more exclusive content that you put maybe behind a paywall of some sort or a subscription fee or something like that. And that's what ViewStub allows people to do. Uh, you know, for, I, I tell people, you know, people probably wondering what is ViewStub in, in, in itself. And I tell people at its core, we're an event ticketing or upfront registration platform, as well as the hosting and streaming portion of your virtual or hybrid event. So that is all within ViewStub. So, you know, content creators, sports teams, conference organizers, any one of those people can really leverage ViewStub to sell tickets or upfront access and then host that event as well and, and stream to it uh, via their favorite StreamYard provider or stream provider, not StreamYard, StreamYard too. So, so yeah, go ahead, Jim. Uh, I was going to say, how hard is it to look? So you mentioned that. I mean, one of the biggest challenges I think if people want to, do some sort of online event is a lot of times the systems don't sync up. They're using the one system, they're banding it together with a website and so forth, you know, and, and that could already be a hurdle in itself. But what do you, uh, what do you suggest to me? Like your tool supposedly makes this very easy. Yeah, absolutely. So from, I, I tell people from checkout to check in, we have you covered for in-person and virtual events. So we do all your in-person ticketing as well as virtual access. So, Let's just keep, I'll just keep this more virtual related, um, just based on not being able to do live events. Uh, So virtually, yeah. So you could sell tickets or sell pay-per-view access to your content and then even host all of that. And then we take it a step further and embed that entire process on your website. So it's completely branded to you, customized to you, no view stub logos anywhere. And so you can drive all your traffic to your website. They buy the tickets and then even come back and watch the event on your website. Zero distractions like you get on social media or anything like that. And it's all behind secured paywall. So makes it makes it very simple for people like me who have a lot of things to do and don't need 42 logins um, to just do one event. And, and, and I will to, say that's one of the... Yeah, go ahead, Jeff. No, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. I was going to say that that's one of the frustrating things about a lot of tools that I have used for example, if I want to build a landing page for something, I have to build the landing page in one platform 
And then I have to integrate that with my website. And then if I want to collect email opt-ins, I have to bolt on the email service. And then I want to make sure, well, where does that message that gets sent out? Like, is that going through my email service? Is it going through my landing page builder? Because everyone wants to be part of, you know, your process, but it needs to be a simple process. Very very true. We, we, we pride ourselves on being hundred percent simple. Uh, We, we often talk internally. If a sixth grader can't use our platform, then it's not simple enough. Um, So yeah, from checkout to check-in, I tell people, I actually timed this the other day. You can get an event live and selling tickets and on your website in literally under 10, 15 minutes. Um, so it's literally from cr- event creation to embedding it on your website l- takes you about 10, 15 minutes. And then it's just about marketing and selling tickets from there. And then on the day of making sure you have a good, you know, schedule plan of attack, streaming, good Wi-Fi, good Lord, good Wi-Fi, uh, and things like that. So and to create an overall successful event. Fantastic. So a question for you. So can you do multiple streams in one event? You know, a lot of times people they want to simulcast to other channels, but uh, does ViewSub allow that? Yeah. So with within one event, we have uh, one of our most popular features is our event playlist. So that's included in what I call the virtual room. That virtual room is made up of a video player, a playlist, and a chat box. And so the playlist, okay. you can have as many as you'd want, concurrent live streams, or you can even upload pre-recorded material in there. So you could have separate presentations going on at once. Um, I've seen, you know, uh, festivals stream multiple stages in at once, various things like that. So 1000%, that's that's another feature that, you know, you can't get on a Facebook Live um, because you can't add in more exclusive content or more event-related content all within the same uh, event playlist, all organized for the user. So another question. So a lot of times people do a live stream and Jim, I know you and I talked about this on a previous episode. People took pre-recorded content, for example, and they put it out as if it was live video. And you know, it's something called a Facebook premiere, or you might use a tool such as like Live Pigeon or OneStream or even Restream.io. You know, those tools allow you to upload a pre-recorded video and make it appear live, but you lack the engagement. So how does few stuff help with engagement dylan yeah our, our engagement feature is at the moment our chat box so each video within the playlist has its own contextual chat box so that it's contextual to what video is being played and and what they're seeing so that's really how you know how the audience engages with the uh, not performers or the host and then it comes down to some t- tips and strategies behind that that i often tell people uh, or the host to create that engagement. I've I've said this for years. You have to force the engagement. Um, you know, people come and they sometimes don't want to ask questions or be involved in things like that. Um, and I I oftentimes throughout the event will force that engagement. Or during the live stream, you can ask questions. Um, hey, you know what is uh, I've I've done in the past where we did um, a quiz uh, of each speaker and we put up a we we were using Streamyard, so we used the overlay feature. It had, you know, it was like, who wants to be a millionaire style uh, graphic? And it was like, hey, so where did Carlos go to school? And everyone commented their their answer. It was multiple choice. Uh, It was just Mm -hmm. creating engagement throughout the event. Um, And naturally, engagement creates experience. And so even on social media, this is a a little tip and trick here. uh, Every social media platform is driven off of engagement. 
their reach. Okay. So the more engagement you're getting, the more reach you're getting on social media. So if you can force that engagement, now you're increasing organic reach. So that's just that's just a little marketing ta- tactic for anybody watching this uh, and doing online videos on social, uh, force the engagement. So, but yeah, ViewStub helps with our, our chat box and stuff like that and then allows the um, back and forth there. But we are working on some really cool things um, to just really dive down on the uh, the engagement aspect as far as being able to have web conferencing and interactiveness as well. Um, that's where we've really pivoted. We were going to be, you know, a hybrid event platform and just live stream, but now we're we're pivoting and we're going to allow web conferencing and things like that. So to really drive home networking and engagement. And and Dylan, I know that I've uh, been in a couple of your uh, events, and so one of the nice things too is like like a you know even running a test event. If I go in after the fact, say watching an on, something on demand that already happened. I can see all the previous chat. It's not like it disappears. So I can kind of get an idea of what was talked about. And sometimes that's, I know, some of the cl- complaints of people with live videos. be like, oh, well, we lost the chat. We don't know what happened. Um, isn't, that, isn't that the case? Correct. Yep. So everything live streamed into ViewStub is automatically stored and archived in the playlist for replay access. Or a lot of our users will go on to sell and continue to sell the on-demand version of the event. So it is everything there. All the chat box remains. All the video players are right there for you. Um, and that's a really cool feature, especially if you're doing, it's a whole nother revenue stream. You sell access to the live streamed portion and then continue to sell the on-demand version. And, and so Dylan, I, I guess the next question I'd have is, what are some things that you can do on ViewStub? And I know this is one of the things that really got me excited about it, that you can't do on social or where you guys are giving creators a kind of a leg up that I think is sometimes a struggle we see on social media live streaming. Yeah, I, I think it starts with uh, one, our, our flexible ticketing process. Um, you know, like I said, you can do in person and virtually, but you can have as many tickets as you want. You can limit the uh, length of access for that ticket holder down to, from one hour to one year um, in order to resell replay access to them after the event. Um, you can have ticket bundling. That's one of our coolest features. So you can tie certain media files in our playlist to a ticket so that if I bought that ticket, I see that content. If I didn't buy the ticket, I don't see that content. Um, so that's one of, one thing you really can't do on any social media platform. Uh, our streaming technology in general is you can't get that on in too many streaming plat- or uh, online social media platforms. We have the ability to host up to 4K and 1080p streaming. Uh, we have unlimited viewership. We have things like adaptive bitrate if you want to get techie, um, which just limits buffering uh, for the end user and things like that. Um, and then our white label solution in general, uh, you can't really put your um, sh- ticketing and streaming uh, of your social onto social media on your website. Uh, there are ways, of course, we know there are tactics and ways to do it, but it's not as clean or seamless. Um, we are one simple line of code that you embed on your website for ticketing and hosting. So um, that, that's three of the really the major things that I would see off the top of my head where we really differ from social media. Um, it's the flexible ticketing and payment options, uh, the stream quality overall, and our white labeling solution as well. So I have a question for you. So a lot of times when people want to go use any sort of online event platform, they have to usually bring, it's, it's almost like BYOD, except in this case, they're bringing their own software solutions. So do you provide the live streaming software that, you know, or does somebody need to bring their own? 
Yeah. So at the at this moment that we're talking, um, it is BYOS. Okay. Uh, so we we integrate with any major streaming provider, any of your favorite streaming providers, from OBS to Streamyard to Zoom to Restream, OneStream, all of them, all the streams, uh, all those various okay. ones. So we integrate via Stream URL and Stream Key, and then um, we will probably always remain that way. Um, but I'll let you guys in on a little secret. We are very quickly, our next big major project we are working on is our native encoder. So and we will be all in one officially, um, but you still have the option to BYOS. Very nice. And, and Dylan, you can also, yeah, you can also actually bring in videos and play them like even between streams, right? I think there's a functionality, like say you wanted to have one event, just play some sort of video, then start the next event. Like you don't have to keep it continuously running. Is that, am I right there or? Yeah. in in a, in the essence, uh, it, every, basically what is being viewed on you stub is what's being streamed to it. So you can stream your event to us, or you can upload a pre-recorded uh, intro video kind of uh, in, re- in respects to into the playlist. And then that could kind of move into, let's say your opening keynotes or your opening remarks of the actual live portion of the event so yeah the combination of you know uploading your own content or going live and how you mesh the two together is completely flexible to you so it does allow a a lot of flexibility on the host standpoint that's that is really cool and and so i know one of the things too dylan is where a lot of people i I guess i don't call it it's a struggle but we get into this whole world of people wanting to use music on their live streams and all the you know, the licensing around that at times. Is that something like if I want to just, you know, kind of have that little track of music or, you know, I get myself all fired up and have some song playing, I don't have to worry about, you know, Facebook saying, hey, that's not your song. We're going to shut your video down. Right. That's something you guys give us a little bit more leeway on, right? Yeah, absolutely. So there, you got a little bit more leeway, like you said, uh, with us. We have We have some of those same protections in place. Um, but we're not censoring them the same way that these social media platforms are and have to. So um, we, yeah, there are a little bit more flexibility. We have DJs that come over that have been, you know, all their stuff has been muted on Facebook. And so they want to come to us and they stream to us and even sell upfront tickets. And, you know, some of these DJs are making more for their virtual streams than they did when they were DJing in clubs. Uh, And then we have content creators like podcasters and, people who do interview style shows that have actually their some of their content literally got banned on YouTube. So they were not allowed to post or talk about this, these certain topics. And they came to ViewStub. They started using us to monetize it. They've done three shows. They've made over $10,000. Uh, and we don't limit it because it's not pu- out to the public like uh, social media is. So all of the content is behind some sort of paywall or registration wall. So we all, by all means, we kind of have a, you know, we let you kind of post what you like um, on the platform because it's behind some sort of registration wall. And if people don't want to see that content, then they don't have to register. Uh, so that, that's kind of my thought on that. Um, so, yeah, so it, it, it definitely does. You know, if you want to have that soundbite or that clip of that music coming in as your intro and you don't want to get that little notification from Facebook saying, uh, we have muted part of your stream, then yes, that is that is definitely one of our our cool features when you move move over and move off of social media platforms. So I gotta say, ViewStub sounds like an amazing tool. What does it take to get started using ViewStub? 
you go to viewstub.com, you create an account and create an event. That I mean, sounds pretty uh, easy. Uh, <laughs> it, like I said, it, 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 if you have your event details already, then it only takes you about 10 to 15 minutes from sign up to embedding it all the way on your website. And you don't have to. You can do everything on ViewStub. We give you a landing page to sell tickets to and have your description and your thumbnails and everything like that. Um, okay. But then we take it a step further to where we allow you to embed the entire process as well on your website. So, uh, you know, from from account creation to going live and selling tickets, 10 to 15 minutes and you're ready to go. And I think an important thing too, Dylan, where I think like sometimes it might scare people, but one of the beauties of ViewStub as well is like, like I don't have to come up front with the money because you guys take it out of the ticket sales, right? So right. if I can sell the tickets... I can have my show. Exactly. So it's it's very risk adverse, um, which is really good for the beginner live streamer or the people who are pivoting or especially this year where a lot of businesses and brands are affected by COVID um, and money is not as plentiful as it has been in years past. So uh, yeah, one of our, our, our biggest selling points is that we are no upfront cost. Um, and like you mentioned, we are a per ticket revenue share. And that fluctuate that starts at 19% and fluctuates down to anywhere between 10 and 12, depending on your ticket price, your length of stream, things like that. We're, we are pretty flexible on that as well, but we do have a standard rate of 19% for virtual, virtual uh, events. So in addition to that, so what do you see as a, the future of alternative live streaming? Because, you know, everything is moving towards having some sort of virtual event. You all have what seems like a very fantastic and easy to use tool, but uh, what do you think is the future of alternative live streaming? I think it's huge. Um, I think you mentioned very in the beginning, Jim, about uh, did ViewStub see some sort of weird trend that was coming? Um, and something we say a lot internally is that the future future is hybrid. So we saw the event space and live event industry going towards a combination of live uh, in-person and physical events as well as uh, adopting and adapting to having a virtual component now obviously this year events and people were kind of forced into that um and so it is definitely that i still see that being the future even more so now uh you know especially live events or uh, shows in general that maybe used to have a uh, a studio audience they're gonna have to have some sort of virtual component and if you're going to be doing all that work, it might as well, you know, maybe make a little money off of it uh, in the process. <laughs> and and Dylan, I, I guess too, just one final note on that. I, I think what is happening as well is, especially when you look in the event, or I would even say the business and event space, is I think companies are going to say, well, why should I spend this money on travel, on lodging, and everything else when I can have my folks get the same immersion? through these interactive uh, things. Cause I think everybody's getting better at that. And mm -hmm. then my folks can, you know, sleep at home at night. They can do other work. Uh, do you think that's also going to be a, a factor as well? Like, I don't know that we're ever going to go back to the way things were before. Oh yeah. I mean, I think from a business standpoint, I think you're seeing more businesses ever move to virtual um, or a, a combination of going to the office a couple of days and being a remote a couple of days. So I, like that is just going to, trickle down into every other aspect and events uh, events in general if you're doing conferences workshops seminars uh you know 
even brand activations for big, big brands and businesses or even concerts and festivals, you're going to have to have some sort of virtual component. Um, and like you mentioned, uh, I've actually fun. I, I come from both worlds. So I actually have the real real world data of in-person conferences versus virtual conferences. And I will tell you from a, a standpoint of finances and a return on investment, virtual events outperform live events all day. Now, don't get me wrong. There's things you can't replicate virtually. Uh, so <laughs> we're, we will never get, be able to get away from live events. But from a pure financial standpoint, the, the cost of doing business is significantly lower with what I'm seeing is just about the same, if not maybe a little bit higher return, uh, especially if you're selling tickets or you have a product or offering or some something uh, at the end to sell. So um, I see I see a lot more people going virtual throughout the year and maybe doing a big uh, big event that's in person yearly, but definitely virtual is going to be a play a much bigger part in uh, events and people's businesses and just about everything going forward because we've seen how easy it is. It's efficient. It's way more efficient um, from an event standpoint. If I'm just trying to get the education and content from your business conference, uh, and I can get that from my house, and I don't have to spend eight hundred dollars on a ticket, two hundred dollars on a uh, uh, an airplane ticket, and then three hundred on a hotel. The seven hundred dollars I spend on drinks at the hotel, uh, <laughs> and then mm -hmm. all the various other things we do out in these conference cities uh, is just gonna, yeah. It's it, you'll see a big, big move and shift towards people being being completely okay with uh, doing virtual conferences and attending them virtually. Definitely. So, I want to thank everyone for listening to episode 26 of the Launcher Live podcast. You know, if you want to learn more about ViewStub, as Dylan mentioned, go to viewstub.com. And again, I mean, if you have any questions, put those in the comments, uh, head over to our social channels at Launch Your Live. But thanks for joining us for episode 26 of the Launcher Live podcast, where we discussed alternative live streaming destinations with Dylan Schenholzer from ViewStub. Remember, for more information, head to launcher.live forward slash EP26. We will see you all on a future episode. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Launch Your Live podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Also, visit launchyour.live for more resources based on today's topic, as well as access to even more episodes that will help you level up your live videos. That's launchyour.live. So until next time, keep going live.